Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Have you ever witnessed a sacrifice? Have you ever seen a pastor slaughter an animal on the altar and then light it on fire as a burnt offering? Have you ever taken out cash from the ATM and then proceed to throw it on a fire pit as a sacrifice to God? Though you may not have seen or done such things, we have all made sacrifices to God. Why? Today, Noah, from the book of Genesis, will help to shed light on this. We sacrifice to the Lord because He is merciful and because He keeps His promises. As Noah stepped out of the ark, the stench of death filled the air. As he looked around, he saw the lifeless bodies of man and beast lying about in every direction. Trees were uprooted, rocks were torn apart. It was not a pretty sight. Everything was in shambles, everything was destroyed, everything drowned in the flood. But not Noah. For God saved Noah. God saved him and everyone else that got on the ark with him. And now, after being locked inside of the ark for over a year, Noah, his family, and all the animals get to come out. Can you imagine what was going through his mind at this time? Everything and everyone that I know has just been wiped out. And now it's up to me to start over? Where do I even begin? If you were Noah, what would be your first order of business as you step out of the ark? Would it be to find a place to build a new house? But Noah does not do that. As he steps out of the ark, he's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about what just happened. He's thinking about God and his mercy. Everyone else was destroyed, but God saved me. God is truly merciful. Have you ever experienced something like Noah? If you have, then maybe you understand his thinking. When the dust settled and the storm was over, what thoughts and feelings came to you? Relief? Sadness? What about gratitude? For Noah, I'm sure that it was all the above. But most of all, 
he realized that he and his family could have perished in the flood, but they were spared. They were shown mercy. And so, as Noah steps out of the ark, he responds to God's mercy with a thankful heart. He offers up a gift. He takes some of each kind of clean animal, slaughters them, puts them on a fire pit, and sacrifices them as a burnt offering to God. My friends, this is no small matter. Because 99% of all the animals have just died in the flood. And now Noah is taking a significant portion of the surviving remnant and he's sacrificing them as a burnt offering? Noah, what are you thinking? We need these animals. Why would you do this? Does this not seem wasteful and reckless to you? If you have ever experienced anything like Noah, then maybe you would understand his thinking. When you are saved, you are thankful. When you are shown mercy, you are thankful. And so as he steps out of the ark, he does not waste time in thanking God for his mercy. But it's not just his mercy for why he gives the sacrifice. No, with his sacrifice, Noah is demonstrating that God is not only merciful, but that he keeps his promises. You see, Noah trusts and believes that even with his sacrifice, that the surviving remnant of animals will still spread out, multiply, and fill the earth just as God said they would. By his actions, Noah is demonstrating that God keeps his promises. Just like he promised that the flood would come and wipe out every living thing. And it did. A flood that came because of sinful people like you and me. You see, the flood wiped the surface clean. It washed the surface clean. But the flood did not scrub out the inner filth. Yes, sinners were dealt with, but sin remained. After the flood, Noah and his family didn't stop being sinful people. Because they, like you and me, were born sinful. By nature, enemies of God and deserving of wrath. But as the aroma of Noah's sacrifice goes up to heaven, we are reminded that God has not forgotten about our genetic condition. As it says here in verse 21, The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, 
even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. You see, God didn't save Noah and his family because they were good people. He didn't rescue them because they were without sin. No. They, like you and I, were sinners. Sinners who desperately need saving. But as the floodwaters receded, Noah remembered that God also promised a solution for this problem of sin. A promise that God made to his ancestor Adam in the Garden of Eden. You see, right after human beings had destroyed their relationship with their Creator by listening to the devil instead of listening to their God, God promised a solution. And so in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God says to the devil of his coming destruction, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Jesus came to crush the devil and our problem of sin. As it says in 1 John 3, 8, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Noah believed that God would carry this out. Again, as we are told in Hebrews, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Noah walked with God, meaning that he trusted in God's promises. Noah didn't know that the Savior would be named Jesus or that he would be born in the town of Bethlehem some 2,000 years later. But he did know and trust that the Messiah would come to solve our problem of sin. A problem that Jesus himself did not share, because as God in the flesh, he was without sin. God didn't have to rescue Noah from the flood, but he did. And Jesus did not have to rescue us from sin, but he did. God shows undeserved love to us by being merciful and by keeping his promises. Not because he needs to, but because he wants to. He gave you forgiveness of sins free of charge because Jesus paid for it with his perfect life. He gave you heaven as your home free of charge because Jesus paid for it with his innocent death on the cross. So then, 
because God is merciful and he keeps his promises, our life is a sacrifice to God. Meaning that we no longer live for ourselves, but for God. As St. Paul says in Romans, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This, then, is reflected in how we live, in how we spend our time, and how we spend our money. God not only kept his promise here in the book of Genesis, but every promise throughout the whole Bible. He promised to save you, and he did. He promises to be faithful, and he is. He promises to hear your prayers, and through Jesus, he does. Like Noah, we sacrifice to the Lord because he is merciful and because he keeps his promises. Like Noah, we trust in the mercy of Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross, and his promise to rescue everyone who calls on his name. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is great and compassionate. Amen.